B2B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralysed by a culture of conservatism. Scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B Marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, the provocative truth, the research edition. Now, as some of you might have been aware, the past couple of episodes, I've tried my hardest to get data points in left, right and centre. But rather than just springing stats on poor, unsuspecting guests, I thought, why not have an episode where we can dedicate all our time and attention to the recent research that Alan has done? Um, And to do that, I'm not joined by a senior marketer on this occasion, but I am joined by what I would like to say is a cross-section of marketing talent. And today we have... Daniele, who is our creative director at Allen, our head of strategy, Chris, and last but absolutely not least, we have our senior research manager, Josh. And now clearly, we're not going to have time to go through all of the stats, and you're just going to have to trust me. Um, there are a lot of them, and they are very varied and very, very interesting, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, in all honesty, there's probably only time to just discuss one aspect, but for me, it's something which I think is really, really, really interesting. And that is around emotion within B2B. And you're probably saying at this point, come on, we're so bored about hearing emotion in B2B. We already know that. And that is true. And I think that really the conversation with the B2B has has moved on. But one of the things which we found within this research is that the intensity and the ferocity almost of the emotion that audiences need to feel before they actually take action on something was really, really quite surprising. And I'm going to get Josh to probably give me some of the the stats uh, in relation to that shortly. Now, just to sort of kick us off, and as I said, Josh is here to make sure that we stay within the straight and narrow on the stats side of things. I spoke there earlier about this idea of an intensity of emotions. I think I even used the word ferocity of emotions, which I think would be a fantastic thing if we achieve ferocious emotions within B2B. But what did the survey actually sort of show us specifically around that tipping point that marketers need to reach? Well, they actually look a lot more passionate than we imagined. Um, So some 44% felt the need to feel fear before they took any action, which is a a real extreme, you know, even 1% of that audience said they needed to to experience absolute terror, which may (laughs) may tell you something about the lethargy of of that audience. But I think it it indicates that we as people need, you know, a real kick up the bum before we get moving. Um, But 36% um, need to feel more than anger, at least, in order to take some sort of action. Um, And B2B marketing is generating a bit of fear. Uh, 29% reported that emotion, um, that emotion in response, um, anger is almost absent from that at about 7%. I think for me, one of the things which strike me there is actually just almost how intuitive that is. Like it's it's both simultaneously surprising to have, you know, um, someone asked in a professional survey, you know, what is their tipping point? And they said that I've got to be really bloody angry uh, before before I do anything. But if you think about just yourself as a human being, Actually, what really drives you to action, what drives you to change behavior, to actually get off your ass and off and do something, it's because you are angered by something. You've got, you know, something to rally against or, you know, you talked about fear. You're like, shit, if I don't do something, this is going to have really, really negative repercussions for me. Um, so I'm really interested in your guys' opinion. Does does that surprise you that that is the emotional dynamic within B2B? And I suppose the second part of that is, does anyone 
in our industry. Have they grappled with that or is that actually a bit of a revelation? Um, well, I actually think that um, in the B2B industry, brands are being quite polite in the mm. way that they're introducing emotion into the, their comms. Uh, they have this really like sort of very, very edulcorated way to to express emotions, which which doesn't really translate to their audience because um, everyone has been everybody, everyone has been talking about uh, B2B being more emotional, but uh, like it doesn't mean just to sort of really add a little sprinkle of, 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 of a feeling into your comms. It needs to be more than that. But what's, I think, what's uh, really fundamental of the research that we've made and, and the discovery, it's, it's the fact that it didn't surprise me either because we live in an age where we're all desensitized, right? There is this kind of phenomenon where we, where we experience and witness always horrible things, so much so, and we live behind a screen where everything happens filtered by a screen. So we are desensitized to the worst things happening and in a way like we're all craving to feel something because maybe we are actually struggling to connect and to feel those emotions because we're always feeling so much that we we don't know what to feel anymore so i mean i don't want to say that b2b <laughs> has the kind of like duty to make humans feel again but in our small little world i think it would be great uh, to commit to conveying a human emotion which is true and visceral and not just a polite little reminder that we are human after all. Uh, I mean, 100% in terms of the feeling human. And I think that's, that is a, like it's, it's a perfect sort of intuitive, empathetic sort of analysis you've given there. Chris, to sort of give us that sort of structure from a strategic perspective, you know, does that really make sense from your perspective is to try and trigger that sort of extremity of, emo of emotion? Absolutely. Um, I think ultimately, you know, the only way you can get people to take action is by poking some sort of emotion. And I think the emotion that you need to elicit really depends on the brand you are and what you are trying to achieve, you know, from, from your marketing. And I think, you know, there are great examples out there of, very kind of emotive campaigns that, that B2B brands have delivered. And, you know, often we will see, you know, case studies brought up. And the sad thing is we just see the same case studies all the time, the same B2B case studies where, you know, that has been done kind of effectively. And it's kind of like, if I see that Slack case study on a slide one more time, the <laughs> WFH one, where it was that kind of mockumentary and everyone's kind of in the office and 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 it's a really sort of fun way to talk about the Slack product and, and the emotion that they elicited was humor. It was really funny, but it's very much the exception to the rule. And, you know, it, sorry. Gone, no, sorry, I interrupted you, Chris, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, you know, it's about time that brands take a lead and, and do that more. And if I may just add to that, uh, I do recognize that actually B2B brands are sort of trying to find their way into emotion with humor. And some of them actually have successfully achieved that. However, like there is a bit of a, of a, of a fear, uh, ironically, uh, from the B2B brand side to explore other kinds of emotions, which are perhaps the emotions that our research has, has, um, has uh, brought to the surface in terms of like the kind of emotions that actually bring people to the action. I think so. I, it's almost as, as I was sort of li listening to you there, like as in, 
the that that I think that's like um bit of creative is great it's clearly memorable so therefore it is serving that sort of purpose in terms of aiding recall from a sort of a uh, a neuroscience perspective you know you're creating those sort of like neural pathways in the mind so people will be able to recall slack when they come up to that decision but i kind of i'm sort of wondering i think this is what you were saying as well it's like are sort of emotions such as humor and other positive ones enough because one of the um, interesting sort of insights we've got within the report, and this comes from a, um, I need to actually just make sure I get the, the job title right, Professor of Psychology at Sussex Business School, Smadar Cohen um, Chen. And she was talking about how she wasn't surprised that anger came out so promptly because anger is associated, as you said, specifically with, with driving action. And I'm sort of almost like speculating in my mind is that are we making a mistake by not focusing on some of those more traditionally negative emotions? Because they are the things which actually do change behaviors. And if you think about what we're trying to be and achieve with marketing, it's to influence someone to an extent where they either reconceptualize something or they act or you know behave sort of differently. And I sort of do we think that that is an underutilized sort of aspect of sort of emotional influencing within marketing more generally potentially i think it depends on the brand but i think the ultimate goal is to be memorable to to sort of generate recall and i think in the case of slack and this goes back to the point i was making before that it really it really depends on what brand you are and slack is a brand um, that serves people who are at work and generally for many people at work not us but work is associated with hard work, graft, stress. So kind of bringing humor to it is a slightly surprising emotion for you know, a brand of, of that kind to deliver. Very much, very kind of different to a Microsoft or you know, one of the more straight laced brands that kind of enable working. So I think in the case of Slack, it's great, but there's other brands who you know, may need to sort of play on different emotions like fear or anger to to get recognized. There's another great example we often talk about, which is the cybersecurity brand HP Wolf. And, you know, that campaign involves someone walking around an office with a golf club, smashing up computers. And it obviously plays on the fear that, you know, IT professionals have around security. So that's a, a, a memorable campaign. So I think it's it's horses for course. It is memorable, but I think that it's almost that's conspicuous because it it's it stands out where they did concentrate on that sort of that that fear factor, that sort of really severe paralyzing anxiety mm -hmm. almost about sort of what would happen if you were subject to is it cyber attack you'd be subject yeah. to? Or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But I, I sort of wonder if when I do look at a lot of, you know, current B2B, and even stuff that is good B2B marketing, it's always kind of focused on the, the end positive. And actually, before you get to an end positive, you actually have to often go through a state of quite negative <laughs> sort yeah. of experience. Mm -hmm. And if I think those brands that are able to tackle that negative experience, I think what that does is it causes people to properly think about things, and therefore it can catalyze a behavioral change. Because right. what I'm wondering is that Slack, great, um, positive. I remember that fondly. So therefore, when it comes to the time when I'm reevaluating my um, instant communication provider, I'll think of Slack. But if you want to actually try and sort of catalyze a behavioral shift in the real time and actually accelerate that, 
I think that actually brands need to explore that negative dimension. Mm. And I and I yeah. wonder, Benny, if perhaps because um, you know I worked for uh, in B two C as well, and even in the world of B two C, you know, where we know that the creativity is actually great in a great mm. shape and uh, and all that, but there was still a fear of being are we being a bit too negative? Mm. Like um, paradoxically, and uh, hopefully I won't you know like get uh, marketers uh, <laughs> to sue me for this, but I do think that B2B has more license to play into those negative emotions mm. because whether you, it's harder to play with anger and fear if you're selling a chocolate bar, because then there is always the kind of correlation of like a chocolate bar, like, but actually driving you anger that maybe mm. you don't want mm. that. But in those kind of products where actually there is more of a rational approach to 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 your purchase perhaps there is a there is more license to create to elicit those kind of feelings which are a bit more negative because are pointed towards the solution which is the solution that the brand is providing I, I think so Joshua I, I think this is where we've got lost along the way though we've come convinced become convinced by this idea of <clears throat> everyone being a rational actor particularly in business you know we we have problem x therefore it must be solved with y and there's some really clever campaigns that have capitalized on the interplay between emotion and rationality and done really well and going back to the cybersecurity example I, i'm thinking particularly of um, some work done uh, for hiscox um, which was a honeypot driven campaign so they had um, a piece of digital out of home and um, they set up a honeypot that hackers could then try and get into and every time there was um, someone trying to get into the honeypot, it popped up a little red dot on this mm -hmm. counter. Now, it showed how many times people were trying to get into this honeypot. So it visualized that idea of, you know, your, your, your business is constantly under attack from a million different angles. And that was sort of the emotional part. You know, I'm, I, I fear that I will mm -hmm. lose business or lose money or whatever. Um, but it was also quantified because you had a literal counter going up. So you have the rationality of, you know, this is in the purest terms, how many times has this been attacked? How does that make you feel? How do you react to it? Therefore, you should have Hiscox as your cybersecurity provider. And I think that's one of those really, really clever examples of where people have got the middle ground between eliciting extreme emotion and communicating rational benefits at the same time. I think it's, it's and you've, you've alluded to that, it's all about sort of, I think, the emotional journey you need to take people on. But I think that's why... Um, recognizing and being comfortable sort of playing with the negative emotion puts you in a much better position then to take it to that positive sort of outcome. It's almost like the same way that you would you would tell a story. You want to sort of, let's, let's introduce the jeopardy. Let's get your, your heart racing and then let's calm you down and let's reassure you that there is actually a positive sort of future ahead. Um, and it's something that I'm really, I, I, I would love to see more B2B brands experiment with this. I think it does take a bit of bravery, but even if you were to look at some of the, you know, what we would probably say is like people who are pushing the B2B category at the moment, and there are a couple of um, sort of uh, payment and accounting software providers, naming no names, who have been doing some, some creative work recently and also some out of home creative work. Um, but the focus is all about, you know, that feeling of confidence yeah. that you'd have if you use our software. And, you know, some of it's done in a quite acute little way, which is quite memorable. But does it really take me on any sort of emotional journey? Do I actually, and I think it would be legitimate to be like, wow, okay, I'm now recognized that feeling of anxiety when I don't have control and my payment systems are all over the shop and what that's going to be with me. And then I'm taken to that 
nirvana where i do have that sort of um you know that that composure and, and for me i think that this is what i want to see within b2b is that storytelling and storytelling isn't just about all of the positives you have to have the ups and downs if you take people on that sort of narrative you've really got people like bought in and engaged but i'm and i'm building on that uh, i kind of want to circle back to the point that i was making about b2b brands sort of sprinkling a little bit of polite emotion into mm. the comms because i do think that there's a lot of power also in the positive emotions as well i don't think that that's been leveraged yet like you see a lot of them um, positive messages and yeah you know, like, like 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 what you led like the case study that you were referring to the campaign that you were referring to but again like did they get to the heart of the positive feeling yet like did they get to the to the guts which is a mm. word a keyword for us and did they get to the guts of the positive feeling so I am with you. I definitely would be very interested into seeing more brands telling a story. And as you say, like it's it's more of a narrative arc, right? You mm -hmm. start from a point and you end somewhere else, uh, and it's ups and downs and and uh, and, and all of that. But also, in the, there is power in positive emotions. So it's just about really finding to the the heart of the emotion. It is, and I, I've, I'm aware that maybe I've come across as like I'm, you know, a. It's <laughs> not terrorized our do, audience. Do, do, no, hey, like the one, you know. One percent do actually want to no, be terrorised there, so but I appreciate. It. I've come across sort of as a, a doom monger, um, and uh, you know potentially, you know, I, I don't wear all black, and I'm not just a, like a spectre here. <laughs> I do understand the positivity as well, but like for me, just like how can we unlock that real yes. sense of positivity? Because positivity is relative, and if you mm. show people the down, and then you show people the up, it's all more powerful. Sorry, yeah. Chris, you're going to say no. I was going to agree with that actually, yeah. and I think you know we've all seen a million creative ideas that have been knocked back because it's, you know, too negative or, and we've all seen a million kind of tone of voice guidelines mm. and they're all the same. I mean, you could look at, you know, 10 brands, you know, B2B or B2C, their tone of voice guidelines side by side and you see the same things, you know, we're confident, we're upbeat, we're positive, you know, it's, and actually, you know, having the the bravery and the sort of gumption to be a bit sort of negative sometimes would actually stand you apart. So I do I do think there's a a good point in that. Yeah, I yes. think that's so a this campaign. Is, this, this is the headline. This is the headline it's from okay this episode. So well, no, I'm, I'm, no, I think I think there's definite truth in it. So like, I, I'm I'm aware that we you know we're 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 talking about how you know the importance of really sort of eliciting that sort of like strong emotion um and you know creative which people really feel in their guts feel in that sort of like um visceral way um perhaps it's it's remiss of us not to recognize there's a very important step that sits before that and to know actually what it is your audience are feeling how they're feeling it how they want to be sort of like triggered um and that actually is the hard part and it's such a hard part, Josh. I'm going to put the question on you. How does one go about finding that human truth, which is so important to really visceral creative? Well, that's the thing. You've just got to ask them. You've got to go out and ask as many people as you can. Um, and now there's a, there's a number of ways you can go about doing this. Um, in the B2C world, you'll be um, familiar with the concept of the Vox Pop, literally going out and going, do you like this chocolate bar? Um, but in B2B, it's a bit more complicated. So our, our specialism is sort of recruiting people in um, with the relevant job title to, to um, the, the issue in question. Um, and essentially, come prepared with a series of questions. 
see where they take you and just use your skill and nows to negotiate where they go and see how you can milk the best insight out of them. It, it, and and one thing be, I would add to that, oh, sorry, Josh, I've interrupted you. Which oh, no, I was, I, was, I was going for how you can test whether they're lying to you. But oh, well, we will jump onto the lie detector very quickly. But I, I think just the thing I was going to add is that when we're asking people questions and you want to find out, the always the go-to is what's keeping you up at night, which everybody bloody uses. And look, you know, the meaning of it is accurate. But I have found that if you actually want to get more of an insight into how they're experiencing you emotionally, you've got to use emotional language in your uh, questioning. You've got to use language that actually prickles them and provokes them a little bit as well. Um, and I think that's such an important part of trying to get a human insight. It's not just asking the, the factual, rational questions. You've got to ask emotionally charged questions and be able to intuitively understand what they're trying to say sorry brief interlude back to the like it's an interesting point though because it's a very very fine balance that you have to play because you want to elicit that extreme emotion but you don't want to lead the witness you know you, if the moment you start doing that you get into the world of confirmation bias and then you start doing things that the board have decided purely because your question has been yeah. has been written in a certain way um but one brilliant way you can go about testing that is through the good old method of the survey um by throwing things out into field to a very large sample hopefully a statistically significant one, which is what we'll always go for, um, you can use that very, very large base to tell whether the person you were speaking to previously was telling you the truth or telling you the lie. So the best way to go about it is to gather that insight up front, distill that insight into the punchiest, shortest, most meaningful question you can that does not lead the witness, um, and then see where that see where that takes you, see whether you can confirm or deny whatever hypothesis you've come up with. Well, um this has been a brief discussion, but I mean, an incredibly enjoyable one. Uh, obviously, I've got a vested interest in it being enjoyable, but I, I think it has been nevertheless. Um, I think probably just the concluding point that I would have around this um, comes back to this whole idea of taking your audience on an emotional journey. Don't think that it's a singular emotion that they, they feel. See about how emotions are interconnected and how you move from one emotion to another. And if you can start to think about that emotional journey that you want to take people on, and then you can start to match up your comms and your messaging to sort of be the vehicle to you know, be a little bit hackneyed in a sort of a, a metaphor, a vehicle to sort of take them on that. I think it's, it's really, really powerful. But it does come back to that difficult equation of understanding them as a human being. Um, and so, as we just heard earlier, advice on that is ask them really, really pointed, uncomfortable questions. Get them to a point of discomfort because that's when you're going to find out those, those human truths. Um, so thank you very much for you know humoring us on this uh, special edition of uh, B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. If anything has uh, stimulated any further interest, um, we have actually produced a full research report, which not only beautifully visualizes all of the data points which Josh started to allude to, but is accompanied by some great editorial analysis and some interesting quality interviews, both with marketers and, as I mentioned, um, some psychologists as well. So thank you very much. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening.